0: Hello, welcome to Insurance Insights, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in financial services through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Mary Ellen Harn, and what started out as a discussion on the findings of the most recent Capgemini World Quality Report with our colleagues at Micro Focus has turned into this podcast, which will highlight key areas of the report with further insights from testing experts. In this episode, we're going to talk about how analytics from artificial intelligence and machine learning are changing software testing forever. Joining me today are Omar Felder, Executive Product Manager for Lifecycle Management at Micro Focus, and Nick Utley, Transformation Leader, AI and Analytics at Capgemini. Well, let's begin with some introductions. Omar, can you tell us a little about yourself and Micro Focus?
1: Sure, thanks Mary Ellen and it's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, Micro Focus is one of the biggest software companies in the world with offering across the IT landscape. We have more than 40,000 customers. Most of them are the biggest companies in the world across all verticals and industries. One of the company's focus areas is around around enterprise DevOps where we provide full end-to-end solution from continuous planning, to building and testing until continuous operations. And I'm part of this product group that owns Enterprise DevOps. And like you said, I'm leading the product management team for the application lifecycle management portfolio of ours. Again, great to be here today.
0: Thank you, Omar. And now, Nick, can you also do the same and tell us about yourself and what you do at Capgemini?
2: Sure. I'd like to also say that it's a great pleasure to be doing this with you. and. Um, I- Jim and I. we've got a really unique perspective on the whole MI and ML solutions, um, namely being consultants. It gives a unique perspective into what requirements uh, are being solved with this kind of technology um, and really the bottom line and ROI associated with it.
0: Thanks, Omer and Nick. Uh, let's jump right in. So um, starting with Omer, how would you define AI, ML-based analytics and NLP?
1: So simply put, we're trying to achieve two major things with uh, the artificial intelligence technology overall. The first is we're trying to find those day-to-day tasks that we all do but require huge data analytics in order to perform this job. And we want to let the machine do it for us and save us the invaluable time that we need so much. In our domain, think about, for example, analyzing million test runs a day. That's something that we prefer the machine do rather than a person. The other element here is to give the machine enough past data in order to cluster and categorize it so it will be able to predict the results of current and future data. Again, in our domain, as an example, think of, trying to understand why one team developed faster or deliver, delivers with higher quality. And we want, instead of implementing our own KPIs, just let the artificial intelligence tell us what it, why is it um, and give the feedback from the tools that we use.
2: Wow, uh, Nick, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to uh, the human element that um, AI and ML-based uh, analytics tends to try to replace. Uh, I think that's ultimately the use case, um, outside of what would largely be considered an intellectual exercise, um, artificial intelligence, and machine learning as a whole. It's really just applying statistics and um, data science practices to replace human effort. machine effort.
0: Okay. Um, so what kind of an investment are companies willing to make to do this?
2: Well, that really depends on a balance between, uh, vision and a capacity for forward thinking, um, and a real, a realist's hesitation to divert resources on what can sometimes, like I said, be just an intellectual exercise. So, um, where it comes to replacing the human element um, you're really talking about saving on effort um, and just time to market um, instead of looking for um, some tendencies and data that might be illuminating but ultimately might have a difficult to define uh, return on investment so i've seen I've seen product product managers as well as uh, people in many different positions willing to allocate funds six, seven, even eight figures um, depending on whether or not they believe that this can actually return uh, savings.
0: Very interesting. So uh, now I want to move on a little bit from that and turn back to Omer. And how is the industry leveraging analytics today? and what are they being leveraged for? And what would you see as next on the horizon in terms of use?
1: Uh, Thanks, Mary Ellen. So frankly, I would say that the industry isn't there yet. Okay, so like Nick said, we do see a lot of interest and growing investment, uh, but we still didn't get to a mature way of implementing those technology in in our domain. Uh, It's important to say that Uh, The sooner you enter the domain, the sooner you you mature, and this is why we see the interest in growing investment. And we believe that in about 12 to 18 months, we will see uh, a much more mature industry as a whole. And regarding where do we invest, so we see it across the application delivery uh, landscape, both on the development side. Uh, and specifically on the testing side, where we believe that uh, because we see more and more data, uh, we will be able to leverage artificial intelligence more as time goes by.
0: Nick, do you have anything to add?
2: Largely, I agree with Omer and um, his classification of what's on the horizon. Um, I would just like to add um, the fact that it's really the name of the game is optimization. Um, and the more the industry sees the uh, potential for the optimization that machine learning really offers and um, without much more associated cost as far as an, an analysis of a situation, um, I agree. I tend to agree in the next year or um, 18 months, we can expect a um, transformative um, impact from machine learning as well as uh, AI analytics.
0: Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Capgemini as a systems integrator. So Capgemini implements testing on a regular basis. And and Nick, working for Capgemini, what process do you follow for teams to begin to leverage and implement the insights provided by analytics? And what are some of the challenges in trusting the recommendations provided?
2: Uh, in a word, data. It cannot be overstated. Um, the imperative need for clean data and uh, volumes of it. Uh, Analytics and data science at its core are just an algorithmic way of investigating patterns in a large data set. This creates a pretty obvious dependency on data integrity. Um, in In most SDLC documentation, but especially the realm of quality assurance, Um, There is a serious lack of what I would call an industry standard um, when it comes to what was before thought of as largely unimportant data points. Um, We're talking about documentation associated with um, metrics that can vary in importance to um, operation to operation. Uh, Things like neural networks and regression models require training data. Um, Essentially, that's just existing data with labeled outcomes, uh, which teach a model what patterns to recognize and how. Um, So what is a time-consuming process, um, but one I expect teams to become very familiar with in the next uh, two to three years, will be the retroactive cleaning of historical data and documentation um, in wherever you're trying to apply. Um, these solutions, but it would be well worth it as well.
0: And Omer, could you add the micro focus perspective on this question?
1: I would say that, uh, and you mentioned that before, uh, Nick, uh, it's all about value stream optimization. It's all about how can I provide more business value to my customers, the sooner the better and with high quality, of course. And I think that the industry or us as the users, we, are, uh, we will try to uh, get or leverage the data that is coming from this technology if we can see that it helps us optimize, if we'll deliver faster, if we'll deliver with higher quality, if we'll deliver uh, more business value to, to our customers. We need to be agile, we need to test it in a specific project, program, uh, maybe a specific team. And once we'll uh, get more dependent on the technology and we'll actually see that it's working, then we'll, uh, we'll implement across the, the enterprise um, and across more uh, teams and, and products. That's more or less the micro-focus agenda.
0: Both of you are saying it's really all about data. And, and Omar, what are the data dependencies and how does that affect what types of AI, ML, NLP solutions that lend itself to?
1: I would say that in the last few years, definitely 2020, uh, this is where we recognize that enterprise DevOps and application delivery management as a whole is becoming more and more a big data problem. Think about... A huge requirements document that we once had broken now down to hundreds of small user stories. Or, of course, in testing, uh, breaking down uh, or, or moving from dozens of test runs a day, a day, manual, of course, to millions of test runs after uh, every commit. Uh, we need to be able to collect the data that is now being generated from all the tools. We need to collate the data, we need to connect the data to a common entity model, and then only apply the AI, ML algorithms on on top. That's, I think, the current big challenge that we are facing. Nick touched upon that. We, We need to make sure that we're streamlined, application delivery in such a way that we can apply the algorithms on top of it. So visibility first, then traceability, and on top of that, the analytics.
0: Very interesting. Um, Nick, do you have anything to add to this?
2: Well, to add on to um, Omer's association of uh, streamlining uh, applications, I would would add that um, at the risk of betraying my own salesmanship when it comes to um ai and analytical solutions um, it's not always for lack of a better term going to be a sexy um, solution or something that is um, really anything more than subtle Um, a lot of the times uh, or at least a lot of the success stories that i'm aware of with these types of solutions that have existed and what i expect will be um, kind of the norm for them in the future, will be uh, additions to existing money-making IP um, as an optimization layer.
0: Okay. Well, this wraps up today's podcast. Uh, Thank you, Omar and Nick, for joining me in our first podcast in this series on software testing. To our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Capgemini's Insurance Insights podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other podcast apps. If you're interested in more podcasts from Capgemini, please subscribe to our Banking Payments and Wealth Spotlight podcast. We'll be back with a new episode soon, which will address the question on everyone's mind. Can AI and machine learning replace humans in testing? In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the report. And to learn more about Microfocus, please visit microfocus.com. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.